2: morning wrestling wakey wakey it is me your managing editor nick hausman back in the saddle for another edition of the Winkly, the first of the week where we're going to talk five days worth of news and when i got to talk a lot of news when i got to dig in deep there's a guy i like to start my week with he is one of the original three weissman it is michael weissman michael Welcome back to the Winkley.
0: You know, they are they are wise men. They are the three wise men, much like my name is Wiseman. Mm-hmm. Not Wiseman, not some kind of, I don't know if that's German or I don't know what you're doing over there, Nick Halsman. Halsman, but, yeah. Uh, Hals- Halsman, is that, is that what it is? is, is it just it's fine. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, well thank, you. thank you. I'm glad to be, listen. You know what they say, when you need the news- Michael Wiseman has got you covered. That's my slogan. That's Uh, my
2: tagline. That's a good one, man. I think we should. I think we should run with that. I think that's t-shirt material. That's like a
0: local news station catchphrase, right? Like Fox Eight WGHP. When you need the news,
2: you you've really sold me here on this, and I feel like you need to be working at a local (laughs) news station now.
1: Uh, Hey, yeah, there you
2: go. Yeah, well, we got a real news station rolling here over at Wrestling Inc., and uh, we got a lot to get to here today. No less than fourteen different uh talking points to get to here in the news segment but after the news segment i got a big interview to start the week with here mike i i am i am ecstatic i this has been a white whale for me because uh it is difficult to get interviews with new japan talent for a variety for a variety of reasons um but i i managed to get bullet club's own b uh uh, og bc tamatanga is going to be here on the winkley today mike that's awesome isn't Man, it? he is a such a he's such a cool talent, you know. I think it's it's I'm looking forward to hearing what you got to say. It's weird. It's it's a it's a weird, fun, awesome interview. It's weird for me because I didn't think I'd ever actually get the Bullet Club guys, and it looks like Tama could be the first of a few uh, we get to chat chat with here uh, because of the Bullet Club Block Party, which we're going to be talking about and and even covering there in uh, in New York. But um, it was also weird for me because Tama Tonga right now is good guy Tama Tonga, right? Oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Right, and so I was expecting like, let's get into it. Let's talk the cutthroat, it's cutthroat era. What you right. know, you know, it's too nice now. He's a nice guy. Yeah, it probably takes some of the juice out of your interview there, doesn't it? No, no, not at all. I think it maybe makes it better that I'm talking to good guy Tamatanga. It's it, it caught me, it swung me a bit, but then when I relaxed into it, I was like, oh, this is a lot of fun. I'm, I like talking to good guy Tamatanga.
0: So give me one good tease. Like, I have not heard this interview, obviously. what What is it that – what did you guys talk about that's going to be kind of your hook? What well, do I need to tune back in for?
2: I did not know that he was as tight with Kushida as he is. And uh. he actually – and, like, we talk a lot of fun stuff, the block party, you know, who's in, who's out, AEW. That all comes up. Um, but it, it's actually kind of t- towards the end of the interview. When I asked him about Kushida, I did not know how close they were. And it – you do hear a change in tone, I'll say that much, when, when, he, when he talks about Kushida. So definitely, uh, that's the part that sticks out to me. Anyway, enough Tonga talk. You're going to get that here. It's a, it's a big piece of audio. Uh, also, uh, I just mentioned AEW. The AEW Pool Party Rally in Vegas is going down this Thursday. I want to let everybody know our own Joey G is going to be on site as media credentialed for that event. So all day Thursday... Check out our site. Check out our social media because we're going to have Joey G on site. He's going to be like our poly Shore covering uh, <laughs> Spring Break MTV style. Oh! Uh, oh! This is cool, though. We were
0: just talking a few weeks ago about how it feels like some of the AEW stuff kind of came out hot and it's backed off a little bit. So I'm excited – for this week to kind of see what's next for these guys.
2: I am excited to see our own Poly Shore Joey G at the pool party <laughs> in Vegas now. I hadn't thought You know, there
0: are people that are listening to this who have no idea who Polish Shore is. You know that, right? I just, just want to clarify.
2: Watch Encino, man. Don't watch Biodome. Just watch Biodome back. Didn't hold up as well as I was hoping, unfortunately. Doesn't Encino Man, does it? Yeah, Encino Man's good. It's got Frazier, young Frazier. Anyway, yeah. enough of Encino <laughs> Man. We have a lot to get to again. Last but not least, uh, since we have so much to get into here, I know Michael and I both have opinions about halftime heat, so we're gonna save that as a little bit uh, at the end of the show. So after the Tomatonga interview, stick around. We're gonna touch on halftime heat, and uh, and I got a couple more plugs. But let's get to the news. News you can use. News that'll leave a bruise. Becky Lynch has been suspended indefinitely by Stephanie McMahon for refusing to see a doctor. Of course, this is a storyline, I would imagine, largely here on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Sports Illustrated had a report this week that said WWE has decided that Ronda versus Becky, that's the main event of WrestleMania. Now, that conflicts a bit with what Meltzer saying over The Observer, where they're suggesting that Charlotte will be added to this match to make it a triple threat. What would you think of, of Becky and, and Stephanie's chemistry here on Monday Night, Michael?
0: It's very obvious this is a throwback to Austin McMahon. They're trying to recreate that magic. I think it works. It's a great pairing. The thing I don't like about it is that they literally did this less than a year ago with Ronda Rousey, and she was going up against Stephanie in kind of the same fashion. Mm. And so it felt a little bit like a replay button, also because Becky being the rival here to Rousey, I didn't like to see her kind of in the exact same role we saw Rousey in. But hey, listen, they had great chemistry to kick the night off. Uh, a little bit on the nose again, but um, it was a fun segment. I like how they're playing Nia Jackson to this, who did cause Becky the injury that originally prevented this match. Right, and kind of pulling that back in here. I think it's creative and in a kind of a meta way. So, all in all, I dig it. Just a few kind of outside the box complaints there.
2: It's cool when you say that. Um, I hadn't really thought about how this really is a lot like what they did with Ronda and Stephanie McMahon a year ago. Um, that doesn't really bug me so much. But what I think is interesting when you compare Becky and Ronda here that to me starts to give Ronda the tone of like a more corporate champion. And I don't know. I don't think they're wanting to go that direction. Sure. But, you know, you can feel it in the water a bit. The fans are not taking to Ronda as as the baby face in this scenario. You know, I don't know how much further they'd be willing to push her as a heel, but that's a really fun dynamic to think about. Here we are a year later, maybe Ronda's attitude has changed. I think there's a lot you could, you know, a lot of meat on the bone there to play with, with just what you brought up there, Michael.
0: Well, and it's, it feels like, too, that Rhonda is kind of letting that play out. too. I don't think this is intentional on her part, right? She does not want this audience reaction. No. But if you go to her segments later in the night last night, she totally gives the audience more fuel to kind of bite back at her with. She called them out directly, very briefly, in kind of her quick, rushed manner in between those matches. And so that's, that's where we're headed with this. I, I think... The bigger point here, Becky feels much more natural in this role as kind of the man against the machine, if you will. And so it it, it works out great. We've talked a lot about who is what is the modern day Austin, Austin McMahon. And I think they tried this with Ronda. It didn't stick. Becky McMahon, I think that could be the modern day version of that, especially for the women's division. So I really do dig the dynamic overall.
2: I felt the McMahon Austin dynamic a lot more with Becky, Stephanie than I did with Rhonda and, yes. and Stephanie. And it's because, you know, Stephanie, not, not that I've, I've used Stephanie and, and Becky physically as more compatible than, than Rhonda and Stephanie but the power difference there is different because Rhonda in a lot of ways brings her own clout to the table, right? You know? Yeah. So Becky not having that same kind of cachet gives me more of a genuine underdog feel here in this scenario. And, you know, going back to the conflicting reports here, do we do Rhonda Becky or Rhonda Becky Charlotte, you know, with Becky being suspended here, it does leave the door open. I would think for someone Charlotte to maybe win a match to become Rhonda's new opponent, only for Becky to decide to get cleared and, Come back in at the last second or something like that. You know, it
0: doesn't surprise me that sport that there's a difference here between uh, SI's interpretation of what's happening and or reports here and what what the observer is reporting. Only because Meltzer will always be a little bit more insider for the most part than what SI is. I'm not saying either one is right or wrong right now. Right, but if SI has news that they're going this direction and that has been fed in some way by WWE, it would make sense that WWE would not want to show their hands yet because they don't want to ruin their own storytelling. Otherwise, I mean, they are setting up this feud to go on for another two months. You got to get Becky and Rhonda apart in some way, and an injury and a fake suspension is a great way to do that. I still lean towards WWE, is going to want to just my belief here WWE is going to want to have that, you know, Charlotte name, that Charlotte Flair, the Flair name especially, in that main event if it is the first ever women's main event of a WrestleMania. I think that McMahon likes that. The company likes that. It's got prestige to it. I don't think they need it, but I can see them still wanting to kind of have, if they've been planning on that for months, I don't think they're going to shift away from that too much now.
2: Uh, We shall see. Uh, I I definitely, I liked, I liked everything they did last night. I even liked the little bit where Stephanie like kicked out Becky's knee when she was down in the corner. It looked, it didn't look coordinated, right? It it looked, it, it looked real. You know, I hate to say it like that, but it looked like Stephanie knew that her knee was weak and she took her shot there and just popped her right in the knee And watching it back, like, in the moment, I was like, that looked a little sloppy. But watching it back, I was like, oh, man, I really liked that sequence. I thought that those two worked well together. You know,
0: it's the the Jim Cornette style of booking a segment or booking a match. Everything's got to the small details like that create the fiction in your mind to allow you to believe this is real.
2: Absolutely. Uh, Well, we got some uh, dose of reality here. The Wrestling Observer reporting AJ Styles is dealing with a hernia. Uh, He is still scheduled for tonight's SmackDown and this weekend's events. So it sounds like he will work through this hernia. Uh, but the observer also reported that Seth Rollins is dealing with a bad back. He's been taken off the road to rest up. The injury is not bad enough to threaten his match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. But man, these are two names I don't want to be reading injury reports about going into Mania. I guess they, I guess they are also two names that are going to be looked at more closely going into Mania. So their injuries are you know more relevant, I suppose.
0: It's, it's, it's one of those things where these guys have both been in the main event picture and on the road for so long that these injuries pile up. I, I think it's the worst season for this to happen. You want these guys at their peak. It seems like WWE is going to protect them. But you, I look at a hernia and I look at a bad back. And, yeah, they might be OK, but those two things could go incredibly wrong right now. And uh, a hernia, especially, I'm just always amazed at these guys who go out there who have hernias and are still – able to kind of go out on the road and compete. I mean, I thought a hernia. You were up on the shelf for a couple of months, Jeez. but maybe not.
2: AJ Styles is an absolute machine. This man, yeah. he he's one of those performers that... It, you know, unless somebody stops him, he's going to perform until, he, you know, breaks and has Our, to stop yep. wrestling. Right. Yeah. Um, just, to, you know, I was reading this story, too, and I was thinking the same thing. I was like, that's that's no easy task wrestling with three days a week, four days a week, whatever right now. Um, but it also reminded me of that story. Remember where everybody got sick right down in South America and then they had to change. Um, it was going to be Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt as Sister Abigail versus the Demon, which oh, yeah. sadly we never got. And AJ Styles, like, flew in from South America on, like, 10 hours notice, like, didn't even go over the match with Finn, walked out, and and put on, like, a, a great bout. Like, this guy is a machine, unlike any other.
0: Absolutely, and, and these guys, listen, also, there's not anything wrong with... I kind of like it when the curveballs get thrown at this company. Not that I'm wishing an injury upon anybody here, but when WWE is forced to book with its back against the wall, they do some of their best stuff. And so I would love, you know, I don't want anything to happen here, but I, sometimes the best laid plans getting blown up in their faces result in some really unique, creative stuff that happens in the company. So we'll see.
2: Can't, we'll see. can't, Rollins, Rollins-Lesnar has to happen now. I would also just let that man sit in an ice bath for three months until, <laughs> you know, he he's going to take on. There was, the, the build was too good on monday night sure I, I had i enjoyed it a lot uh all right this next story here we're going to touch on uh pw insider reporting um about a story here that flows out of dean ambrose leaving wwe thing now before i get into it the reason i'm a little garbledly gooped in my mouth is i'm trying to find the segue here michael do you still think this ambrose release is on the level before we get into all this yes more and it- more okay
0: you mean you're talking about is it a, is it kayfabe or is it real? Is it rich?
2: Re- <laughs> yes, is it, is it did he is he actually is he duh has he made the decision to leave in April? The statement we were given was hundred percent on the level. This man's out. He's, he's- I
0: believe so more so than I did a week ago.
2: Yes, okay. I, my attitude has also changed that way, and it's because of stories like this. Uh, PW Insiders reporting that following Ambrose's decision to leave WWE, officials. We're meeting with talent backstage at SmackDown last week that had less than two years left on their deals. uh, WWE's been looking to sign talent to five-year deals for a while now so they don't have to worry about these. You know, every two, three years, your contract's coming up type deal. Uh, Miz and Owens recently signed five-year deals. Uh, the talent was said to be looking on and amazement as officials tried to make these <laughs> deals. With all... I, I just read that and I just see Biggie in the corner with his like big thing of popcorn or whatever, just like looking on as uh you know whatever. You you want
0: to be the guy that goes last in the situation, right? Because everybody who goes before you is signing their deals, and you kind of know what your bargaining chips are. You kind of see the deals lining up and know how far you can push the negotiations, right?
2: I I, I guess I don't know. I have no idea how that works. Like you can. talk Talk to other people about your deals and stuff, but you don't want to create jealousy either, right? If you've got like a lot more money you're making than the other guy, I
0: I guess the thing that strikes me about this story that's so bizarre. I mean, yes, that key word there that uh, the report said that talent was said to be looking on in amazement, (laughs) which I think is really crazy wording, right? Right. But that's what the report said. Said, but. The big thing here is this is a move by WWE that, to a certain extent, reeks of desperation. You know, I I get it. You want to lock up your talent to five-year deals and whatever else. And if a talent wants to sign on for that, I think that's a little bit crazy. If I'm anybody in this business, considering your shelf life in this business can be, you know, depending on how big of a star you are, early 40s and you kind of start waning out. But I, I think the thing that's crazy to me here is that, not only are talent kind of signing five-year deals, that WWE is stepping in after a TV show, a TV broadcast, and trying to lock down all these talents at one time. That feels desperate in a way that this company should not want to show. Uh,
2: desperate, desperate, or, or smart as a fox, right? I mean, because look, look historically back at you know how WCW did manage to get a foothold on WWE, right? And it was just uh, you know the the sheer amount of stories that are just like. Nobody knew what was going on with my contract. I had a handshake deal. My contract was written on the back of a cocktail napkin. Like, right? There was, There's a lot of stories about guys being able to get in and out, you know, uh, say what you will, uh, about that time. And now they're walking into this scenario and they're saying, hey, you know what? We actually, with the power of foresight, um, can, can maybe make this problem not be as bad this time around if we are more, you know, diligent about it.
0: It's the old keep on, keep calm and carry on uh, saying though, right? Which is, yes, you're exactly right. At least they have the foresight to go ahead and capture these talents who are kind of running short term on their deals and, and lock them down to extensions. But WWE is showing some vulnerability here by wanting to for there to be a report out there that they are meeting with all these talents backstage at SmackDown. That feels very last minute and haphazard to me in my mind. Now we have no vision for how this exactly went down, but if there is a report out there saying talent looked on in amazement, then again, <laughs> WWE is showing some weakness here. And it, it, it shows that they are worried, right? And it shows that they are finally worried about the competition well, in a way they've not been in very many years.
2: I think I, I look, I am also been by the word amazement being used in this piece. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but that's, you know, again, from whatever source this is that leaked it, that was the word that they used and maybe they are, interpreting it as looking out in amazement. I mean, I'm sure that these guys are all fascinated. Like you said, you know, what, what did they say to you? What's your new deal like? Because right now, I mean, you can't have picked a better time. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I can't get this image out of my head of Big E sitting in the corner chowing down on some popcorn while everybody else signs contracts. <laughs> <around there>. This <laughs> is just <laughs>
2: money guns oh. going off everywhere. Prrr. <laughs> uh, no. But, like, they're really, uh, you know, I say it a lot, but there's never been a better time to be a, a wrestler on the edge right now in WWE. And this is just one of those crazy stories. I would love to see, you know, Canyon Seaman in the back, you know, whoever else, Carano running around in the back trying to make these deals, appease everyone. Maybe Vince personally. Who knows? Interesting idea.
0: Well, I don't think this is on your rundown today, so if I get ahead of you here. Uh, but but it reminds me a lot of, of the comments, and maybe you guys talked about this late last week, but Bischoff's comments. Um, sometime, I think it was Thursday or Friday last week, where he mentioned... How Vince McMahon, how, how WWE does not let any talent become bigger than the name, right? The, the, the talents all are in service of promoting the WWE brand these days. And I, I think that's the big difference right now. then you look back at you mentioned the Attitude Era and WCW and all of that, which is none of the, to a certain extent, these guys are interchangeable for this company, right? So the thing that kind of surprises me here, because. Yeah, these talents all have this calling card to WWE, but let me ask you a question. If Dean Ambrose walks out, they're going to slot somebody else in that exact same spot, and it's not going to be like their brand takes that big of a hurting by losing to Ambrose. Now, a lot of us will lament the loss of Ambrose on that roster, but to a certain extent, WWE is kind of a little bit – you know they have their talent roster coming up through NXT. They have their pipeline here. They're a little bit immune to big changes like this with talents, don't you think?
2: Well, I mean, yeah, their model, you're right. Everybody's interchangeable. But the idea that you would get to see Dean Ambrose in a fresh environment, fresh opponents, you know, getting to act a little different, you know, again, these are the calling cards of what helped WCW get a leg up on WWE, uh, WWF in the 90s. Sure. And so, I mean, I, again, it's like the power of foresight. How do we maybe make this? You know, what's funny in their quest. It's, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions in their quest to lock down talent and be more prepared for what could be another head to head war. They could be making this worse for themselves. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's tough to say in this situation. You know, how is talent going to react? How are the fans going to react to these stories? Right. I mean, it's great to hear at least that all these guys are going to be making more money as a fan. That makes me happy. You know?
0: Sure. Yeah, that's a good point, too. And that's fair that these guys, again, stability for the wrestlers here bigger paychecks for them always a good a good thing to have.
2: So D Ambrose was on the road with WWE this past weekend. It looks like he he's going to continue to fulfill house appearance you know, uh, that he's got on his contract and maybe even television stuff. He was on Raw last night. He lost to EC3. Good for EC3. I was I, I'm still a little weird about why they don't seem to want to let these new talents other than like Heavy Machinery, I guess, but EC3 they're not letting him go out there and be EC3 quite yet.
0: No. Controlled environment, right? They, they they feel scared a little bit, a little bit gun-shy, but we might get there in a few weeks. We'll see. Yeah.
2: Uh, AJ Styles responded to a fan online who said that he signed a new contract by saying, I know nothing about this. So AJ Styles playing the game as well. So there's your contract updates. <laughs> Um
0: people bought into this so big too like listen guys okay just real quick okay. AJ Styles somebody comments on this and people are like maybe he didn't sign a contract well maybe he did maybe he did maybe he's just screwing like these guys tweet around and get bored sometimes and just screw with people alright so take it with a grain of salt
2: yes Um Wrestling Observer also reported that WWE wanted Lars Sullivan at Raw last week but he was not there and his status is still unknown now I feel for Lars um and whatever he's dealing with right now But the myth of this guy is growing in the wake of whatever this is right now. And I hope he does get to come back because, honestly, I feel like he's, you know, there's more of an aura around him now because of this weird disappearance than even before his uh, debut was announced. You
0: asked me earlier if I thought the Ambrose thing was on the up and up or, you know, if not, I said definitely not at this point. I don't think so. I mean, I think it's I think it is on the up and up. He actually is leaving. But here, Lars Sullivan, this is the one to ask about. Right. I Are guess. they playing this up? I, I think the mental health issues were probably real. But at this point, to, your, to what you're saying here, this aura around this dude is making him all the more appetizing to us as fans. So we'll see what happens. He
2: kind of feels like a Bigfoot. Right. It's like right. he just went up into the mountains and disappeared, you know. <laughs> And with a name like Lars Sullivan, I mean, come on now. I want to find – where's the vignettes? We find him up in the woods, just chopping wood. And he's like, get that camera out of here. I've left society. Oh, I he's, he's
0: building the Daniel Bryan title belt, right?
2: I shouldn't kid. Oh, man, he would be a great – he'd be great, bigger, more muscle. That's what Daniel Bryan needs yeah. behind him. Uh, Dinner with the King. Jerry Lawler had an interesting note that uh, made waves on our site, uh, wrestlinginc.com. Nia Jax and our truth according to Jerry Lawler, may have real heat from the stiff shot that Nia gave Truth from behind at the Royal Rumble. And King said Truth was hot, and he had to be held back. Now, I find a, I find that a, a bit difficult to believe.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, you never know. This could have been one of those things that, in the moment, if somebody punches you surprisingly, you get caught off guard. Listen, if somebody jumps up at me, I get pissed off at my wife if she bumps into me the wrong way sometimes, and Jesus. I'm not expecting it, right? Like, Jesus. we all get jumpy sometimes. But, but having real heat... Um And stiff shot and had to be held back. Um, I, I can't imagine Truth was actually going to run down there in the middle of the Rumble and sock Nye out, right? He's a yeah.
2: professional. <laughs> yeah, I do, exactly. Like, I find it difficult to believe that our truth had to be held back from punching Nia Jax in the face. I just, I don't believe it. I I mean... I'll-
0: you know, whatever, but oh, it's our truth too, right? When's the last time our truth got hot about anything? Right? I mean, the last actual feud I remember him having was like that—that—that that, that stuff with John Cena before the little Jimmy, little Jimmy bit. Back at um capital punishment or whatever it was in the early
2: 2010s. Yes, you're correct. It was capital punishment. You're right. Uh-huh. Yeah. And
0: they had that Barack Obama impersonator. Anyway, the, he's not been a serious guy in like many, many, many years here. So I just think the whole thing seems a little bit comical.
2: Yeah, a little funny to me. I don't yeah. see our truth like punching Nia. Then he does the floss, right? And then he leaves quickly. I don't know. <laughs> I did, but I mean, it is interesting, right? The next night, the guy's the U.S. champion. You know, he's gonna be a little bit be... hill music in the background. He's a great he's going to be a good US champ. I'm excited for this run. Mm. Mm. You disagree? You're not
0: excited for the Truth run? I'm just saying like listen here. We had we had a a lit like the champions here the the lineage just doesn't make any sense to me. Shinsuke Nakamura, right? He's going to do this. Rusev, right? And we get up with um our Truth. Remember this is the title that John Cena once defended every week on Raw and it became the main belt on Raw for a hot minute while we had absentee Lesnar out there. So, and now our Truth is a comedy champion. There you go.
2: Yeah, well, I, yeah. our, truth can work. Truth's fun. I like Truth. I like Truth as well.
0: He deserves and he deserves a little rub too. I mean, let's just be honest here. He's a he's been in this business for so long. He's a stand-up guy. And,
2: and look, I want to, you know, I say a lot of nice things about our Truth here on this show and I'm a big Truth fan. I honestly don't know that I've ever said a negative word about our Truth. And so for that reason, I'd like to know why Our Truth has blocked me on Twitter. It's a it's a fake like I'm blocked by not many people, honestly, and <laughs> I don't know why Our Truth has blocked me. So, somebody can find that out for me, I'd appreciate it. Anyway, uh, back to— Hard-hitting but, journalism back, right there. Back to wrestling. Uh, WWE ran a commercial in Canada that got a lot of attention. They announced the first international superstar shakeup in Montreal for April 15th and 16th. Um, so the sh- superstar shakeup. You know, it's assumed they're going to do it after, after WrestleMania, but here it is confirmed. <laughs>
0: (laughs) First international superstar shakeup. It's like their own way of just blowing smoke up their own rear ends. Look how big of a deal this is. It's international. You're just filming your TV over, like, in a different country, right? Like, it's not like you're actually doing anything different here. I just find that comical. But, yeah, anyway, it doesn't surprise me, the dates, but
2: international. (laughs) So international, super because it's in Montreal, right? So that's, I guess, what makes it international here. Um, With the superstar shakeup this time around, though, is this where we finally get to see, you think, some superstars move to NXT? You know, that's something that Triple H has talked about. I mean, do you think this—or do you think this will just be a couple Raw, SmackDown guys going back and forth? Or do you think they take it a step further?
0: I I would love to see an actual—I mean, listen, I I joke about the International Superstar shakeup, but if you want to—you're going to bring in some guys from the NXT UK, one or two, bring them up to the main roster. But at some point, you've got to send some of those guys elsewhere. So, yeah, maybe it happens. I don't feel like, though—I could be wrong at this point, but I don't feel like they are making— Superstars going back to NXT—that big of a deal. I think if it happens, it's going to be kind of a sleight of hand. We'll just see them show back up there. They—they they don't treat it enough like a proper third brand yet for for me to feel like they have a spot in the superstar shakeup.
2: Yeah. So anyway, it is—it's it's out there. As we get closer to the superstar shakeup, we find out more about it. We'll revisit this, but you know, j- interesting as well. Did like the left hand know what the right was doing when this thing got aired in Canada? Is this the way they wanted this announced? Do you think?
0: I. I doubt it. It seems like somebody just got a little bit jumpy for advertising for local shows. Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know. I mean, it, advertising's so different now,
0: right? WWE like, controls its messaging so much. I would be surprised if this is what they intended.
2: Well, but that's the thing—is like advertising works so differently right now. And if you do something like this that looks like a mistake, it's like way more likely to get passed around than if you just do a traditional ad campaign.
0: I guess, but I don't think they're trying to put eyes on the Superstar. In their mind, Superstar shakeup is still months away. I mean, for local markets, probably, they want to sell those tickets, but for us here in the States, mm-hmm. they're not trying to get us thinking about that. They're still trying to sell us on Elimination Chamber here in a couple of weeks. I,
2: I, Well, Chamber, you know, and there was that. I didn't even include that note on here because it was a spoiler, but the Houston area, I guess, put out, like, the Chamber poster with, like, all six women's tag teams on it that are, like, <laughs> here's all the competitors and we're still running qualifying matches. Ugh.
0: How does this happen, Nick? I've always kind of wondered this in in regards to how do they let spoilers like this get, they've done it numerous times over the past, they've let main events of pay-per-views get spoiled because they're advertising a champion for the next day. Why would you do this as WWE? Why would you not advertise a star, advertise the championship separately, but not this guy will be there or this person will be in this match in this capacity?
2: I I just think that, I just think they have like a huge web now, and like, you know, sometimes stuff happens. I think that's really all it is. Uh, as time goes by, I would guess that the the holes in the ship will be plugged up and fixed, but you know they're they're expanding rapidly right now. There's just way too much going on, I think. you know. Did they ever
0: plug that hole where the guy who knew all the results of matches was betting a bunch of money and like had the odds in the favor and was like winning a few years ago. Do you remember that story? I
2: do, I do. <laughs> I always I always felt like it had to be like Kevin Dunn or Vince or <laughs> right. like michael Michael Hayes probably was probably getting in on that <laughs> Bad Street, USA, blaring in the background Are hes committing insider trading? Um, which I guess is, I wouldn't go so far as to call it insider trading. This
0: is the big scandal of WWE's era now is that they, they know the results of matches and they bet on them themselves.
2: <laughs> what a dumb thing. All right. Um, not, here's a cool thing. PW Insider – well, a cool melancholy in some ways. PW Insider is reporting that uh, the Hart Foundation is going to go into the Hall of Fame this year. Bret Hart, Jim Knight Hart, and Jimmy Hart, the original Hart Foundation with their manager Jimmy Hart. Now, the other members of the Hart Foundation, Brian Pillman, Owen Hart, Bulldog, are not going to be included according to this report. I really hope that this report was leaked in hopes of putting pressure on uh, Owen's widow to allow him to be included here and so we can get him, Bulldog, Pillman, all at once. I would love a proper Hart Foundation induction.
0: It, it does feel a little bit like we're missing something without the entirety here, especially missing Owen, which is such a big deal. I, I get the animosity there. I get... Listen, none of us can understand what what's happened there and what's, what kind of that family has gone through here. But, you know, at a certain point, just—I'm Owen deserves it. Uh, and, and if you were a fan of his back in the day and you, you were kind of... You saw... He was one of the best workers. He was one of the, the best people they had on the roster. Um, and I, I just... I feel like I would love to see him, you know, Brett and Vince and WWE have kind of paved that path over. And I would just love to see something different, a little bit different still, but I would love to see something for, for Owen here to kind of finally get his dues after all these years.
2: Agreed. Uh, and I hope to get Brett, you know, I used to do Brett, Brett's podcast. i hope to get Brett on here to chat about this here before mania. So uh, anyway, um, this was a, I, I just want a proper heart foundation induction. Um, and now I use that to pivot to another tag team. My last WWE note here on my run sheet Heavy machinery. They've officially shortened their name. They are now just Otis and Tucker. Another dear lord, right? It's they're just. I mean, look, Otis. Those of you like, I can't pronounce that. Tucker. I can't pronounce that one either. The tough
0: names. It's like Andrade getting his name shortened, right? Because we can't remember Andrade seeing Almas, right? Oh, my God. But no, here, this is so dumb. No. Heavy Machinery is an awesome name. Otis and Tucker sounds like they're going to be showing up as a guest stars on the Andy Griffith show well, later on tonight.
2: will still be Heavy Machinery. I think they're still going to be called Heavy Machinery, but now their individual names will just be Otis and Tucker, which I'm fine with.
0: The Otis and Tucker sounds like the the most rambunctious backwoods duo and, and the way they've already been portrayed as being kind of like, you know, goofy and out there. It's like the Bushwhackers, right? The Bushwhackers used to be some bad man jammas. Come to WWE and all of a sudden they're ay, oh, ay, oh, and all that. Just, I, I don't need more comedy tag teams. Give me guys who want to go in there and fight and earn the championship and beat the crap out of their opponents to do it. That's what I want.
2: But here's the thing is, I th- I actually, I, I think that Heavy machinery, Otis and Tucker. I like them, and because they remind me of guys from like that are the goofballs on a construction site. Like they're big dudes, right? And every construction site or every oil rig has got a couple guys or the funny, the funny guys. I think Otis and Tucker are relatable uh, in that in that way. I l- I like these guys. I do think that we got to watch them destroy some mothers with some two-by-fours or something at some point to, to give them a little bit of an edge. But you just want the bushwhackers back. It's all you no, want right now. No. <laughs> no. Different. Different. They have more depth than that. But uh, I, Otis and Tucker, I like it. There's a, a Netflix movie. Oh, what is it? The uh, Tucker Tucker and Dale versus – Dale and Tucker versus Evil or something like that? Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Great movie. Um, but uh, I think Otis, Otis and Tucker, easy. I approve. You don't like it? Don't care. Pass. Hard pass. Don't care. Don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was my last WWE note. We're going to get into a, a grab bag here of some other non-WWE stuff before we throw to the uh, Tonga interview. Wrestling Observer reporting that AEW is now deciding between two legitimate television offers. These offers are so legitimate, they are the best non-WWE t- WWE TV deals since the WCW uh, days, says Meltzer here. Now- uh, he notes that there's a lot of maneuvering going on backstage, especially in regards to how they're handling talent and marketing in, in foreign markets. And uh, I just wanted to mention that tomorrow I'm going to be running an interview with Jeff Jarrett here on the show, where on top of all the Elias stuff, he does talk about how he sees his expertise maybe that he's bringing to, to WWE a bit as in the foreign forward marketing area. So I wanted to throw that out there. But anyway, AW two legitimate TV offers. One of them has to be, I would think, Turner. These guys were in Atlanta. They got a dozen Super Bowl tickets. I mean, the CNN tower looks over the stadium. I'm pretty sure um, that uh, that the Super Bowl was at. But what what's your take here? What do you what do you think's going on?
0: I love, the, I love the word here, the two legitimate TV offers. Um, I, I have to imagine there's like Pop TV or somebody else, you know, TNN, or I guess what is it, Spike TV, eh, it could work, but uh, like Pop TV is somewhere telling their um, and their shareholders, yeah, guys, we're in talks with AEW while well, they make them some kind of like half-ass lowball deal out there, right? So um, these two legitimate offers, I think you're right, Turner's got to be in the mix. I think that lineage makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. My question would be, where do they go? You know, TBS has shown some propensity in recent years for wanting to show, I mean, they carry some of the NCAA double a games I, I think tnt that that name that network isn't what it used to be but that could still um that could still be something though maybe they need a good anchor they're, they're doing a lot of dramas maybe they think that a return to wrestling could could bring them some good cachet so i think that and i would i would assume the other one is what spike tv maybe just speculating
2: is it spike anymore or did they change their name again
0: oh yeah they're the paramount network but <laughs> but maybe maybe that's still an offer out there
2: what do you th- i mean uh, yeah, who I else mean- would I, I don't know who else. To me it's it's to me I think it's just I, I in my head, it's Turner. Like I'll be a little surprised if it's not Turner. And the sure. super the super and I know look, you know, you're gonna say, Oh, Tony Khan, he owns uh an NFL franchise and everything. Of course they're gonna be able to hook up the elite guys with, with these Super Bowl tickets. I mean, it also is convenient. It gives them a convenient excuse to all be in Atlanta. Right. And across the street from where all those negotiations would be would be going on. So food for thought. Uh, Kenny Omega officially became a free agent, I guess, on my birthday, February 2nd. Kenny Omega became a free man. Um, All signs, of course, pointing to him signing with AEW. If you've been watching being the elite, he's got a countdown clock uh, on his phone. He'll probably be at the pool party where our own Joey G, a.k.a. Pauly Shore of Wrestling Inc. will be there. Uh, getting getting his take. Kenny Omega to AEW. You think that's a, a, a slam dunk at this point? I think it's a slam dunk.
0: I think, um, I'll take a half a step back here, this TV offer. I think you take Kenny Omega, the, what what really is the hottest free agent right now in professional wrestling. You pair him up there, and then the talk of this big TV network deal, you, you bring Kenny Omega to that table, you show him as being an international superstar. I think it makes a huge impact for AEW, right? If AEW were to sign with somebody, a second subpart second tier network, none of this would feel as big. If they go to somebody that is a major broadcast network with wrestling lineage, it's huge here. And you mentioned best non-WWE deal since the WCW days. AEW is knocking it out of the park right now with what they're doing business-wise. And the question is, how does this hold up in a modern television climate? I guess we'll find out. You know, WCW got a lot of leeway back in the day. I don't think AEW will get quite as much. But with a, a potentially huge TV deal, Kenny Omega obviously going to AEW, I think this is this is a bigger and bigger deal every single day it feels like
2: yeah and you know interesting uh as you talk about lineage here sting has been announced for starcast 2 first big name it was announced i think just last night nothing screams tnt wcw era to me bigger than sting right and uh again you know and i saw this sting announcement of starcast 2 and it brought up an interesting question to me, and 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 get this, um, I'm gonna ask this question to Conrad. I'm actually interviewing Conrad tomorrow. I was I was gonna hold off on announcing that till till tomorrow, but that'll drop on Thursday. Um, it brings up an interesting situation here. If Conrad and the, the Bucks and AEW, they're all in bed together. It seems like Starcast and AEW basically intertwined. Where is the line for letting legends appear at a convention for WWE? Are you giving the rub to AEW by letting? Legends that you people that you have under contract appear at this convention, or is there a difference as opposed to any other convention?
0: Well, it's there's got to be some kind of wording here in their contract that gives somebody like Sting and, and gives other stars the flexibility to do this. I mean, I, I saw Kane at the um, you know, convention they had here in Winston back in November. I thought that was very strange because he was he had just been over at Saudi Arabia. So, the wording here, I guess, them treating StarCast like a separate event from AEW lets them get away with this. I think it was an official AEW event. I, I think they'd have a harder time with it. So there just must be some loopholes in here that allow talent to have this freedom and flexibility.
2: Uh, you know, and, and that's just, it's very interesting to me because I think about all those legends out there, right? And is WWE going to get tight on these guys doing a convention? It's its a fast... Absolutely they will. Absolutely. It, it, it is a fascinating thing for me thinking about how WWE will handle telling talent they can't do a convention ...for their rival, and, like, who do you get to fill up your conventions then? I, I can't wait to ask Conrad all this. So, uh, you guys can tweet me questions as well if you've got interest uh, about this topic. Um, Lucha Brothers were officially offered an AEW deal by the Elite at Come Hell or Her High Water, in indie pay-per-view over the weekend. Lucha Central is saying deals are not exclusive, so they're going to be able to continue perform everywhere else they do. M- MLW, Impact, uh, CMLL, AAA, I don't know, everywhere. They're all over the place. Um, but they are likely to be performing again... At Double or Nothing. Not a huge surprise here that the Lucha Brothers, I guess, would find themselves somehow in AEW. Um, uh, And lastly here, the Darewolf PJ Black, a.k.a. Justin Gabriel, has announced on Twitter that he's officially signed with Ring of Honor. And he's going to start March 16th. Great get for ROH. I'm uh, interested to see how they find their groove here in 2019. They've got good pieces, you know? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They're they're doing some moves, making some moves here. They they're protecting themselves against the future, but there's still a lot of unknown in the indie scene right now. And and so I, I'm I'm skeptical a little bit of, of ROH and what they're going to do. Glad to see it. Want to see more of this kind of stuff happening for them.
2: All right. And with that, let's get to the uh, interview for today. Uh, today's interview, again, like I said, features an OG of the BC. It is Bullet Club's Tomatanga. <laughs> At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the Winkley a Bullet Club OG and now former never open weight six man champion, Tama Tonga. Tama, welcome to the Winkley.
3: Hey, thank you for having me, Nick. Hey, man, did you really need to drop the former? Oh, jeez, bro, just throw some shade on me right at the beginning, huh? I, 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 I gotta
2: get you. I gotta get you going, Tama. I want to feel that. I want to feel that fire here. You, you guys. Oh
3: man! Yeah, you want to talk about I, I, it? Oh man, Nick. Uh, my brother blames it on me for being this good guy. Uh, for 2019, I, I it's, I tell you, it's really hard to be a good guy in wrestling. It's, a, it's, a, it's hard to be a good guy altogether. Mm-hmm. But geez, I, 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 think the blame is put on me for, for this whole new leaf, but turning over a new leaf in 2019.
2: What, what is the reason for that i would like to know why have you decided
3: to become good guy tamatanga ah, man i i you know at the end of 2018 i was doing some reflecting and i couldn't help but notice that a lot of my problems were stemming from my anger man, my anger issues so me going in on people and roasting them left and right, the, the, the beef I had with whoever and whoever's mom, it was really uh, having an effect on me. So, you know, finally, in 2019, I told myself, you know what? new you knew me, new goals. I'm going to try to be a better person. I'm going to be a good guy. Let's see how this works out.
2: And it's not working out well. You lost the titles. You were like, you were, (laughs) you like didn't (laughs) want to hit Yano. I watched the match. I mean, I watched how you lost the match. I mean, you're, you're genuinely, this isn't like, oh, what a nice guy on Twitter now. Like you don't want people to get hurt in wrestling. How does that work?
3: Yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to figure out, Nick, is how does that work? How, (laughs) how, how does that work? I'm, I'm with you, Nick. I don't know how that works. And I'm every day is just, I'm, I'm trying every day. Is one one fight at a time, huh? Or one non fight?
2: <laughs> Man, I feel like I'm talking to Matt Seidel or something right now. Okay, so you wa- you're wi- you're personally winning, like your chakras are aligning. You're a winner, but it doesn't seem to translate into to like actual pro wrestling wins. That's got to be frustrating for the Bullet Club right now.
3: It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Ah, so yeah. something's got. to... I mean, I'm I'm just trying to figure it out. It's, you know how how. How does tanahashi do it? Mm. How does you know how does the good guys do it? How do they become a good guy and and, and win all these matches? I don't know what, what is it that I'm missing
2: I think you need to wrestle with your butt more I think if you I think if you <laughs> I think if you have a funky weapon you can be a good guy and also that, that'll be my funky weapon huh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well this is interesting to me because now you're a good guy you're nice guy obviously very nice guy taking the time to talk with me here. And you're going to throw a really big party for all all the fans. April 7th, right across the street from WrestleMania,
3: Bullet Club Block Party. Tell me about this party. This is huge for us. We're taking a step here to connect with the fans, Nick. You know, being the good guy that I am, I felt, you know, we need to give back. We need to connect with our fans, do some community outreach, show them that we are really good guys. We're, We're good people. So why not? You know, strengthen our bond that these fans have given us. For, you know, so much support these past few years. Now, actually, five years since we began. Five years, Nick. Can you believe that? That's crazy. World Club's been alive for five years. It's crazy. And we're this still strong. So that's what we're trying to do. This Black Party at Reds in New Jersey, April seventh. Ah, oh, it's gonna be huge. It's gonna be something different. It's never been. It's never been done before. Have you ever noticed? Have you? Has anybody ever thrown a block Party? For
2: wrestling? I, I went to Terry Funk's barbecue one time before WrestleMania, and that was like in a big, like, barnish environment across the street. But it wasn't because what I—that's true story. The wrestling was not very good at that show, by the way, either. If anyone was a part of that show. <laughs> but anyway, this is very different because, from what I've heard, like, you have the room for like thousands of people to attend this event. I mean, yes, this thing, this thing could yes. be massive. What a
3: what kind, of, what
2: kind of a message are you trying to send? I mean, you're right across the street from from WrestleMania here. What what are you trying to? What is the message? What are you trying to accomplish with this?
3: Nothing. I, it's just nothing towards them. Oh no, no, Nick, Nick, Nick. I'm a good guy now. Nick, this is how much of a good guy I am. We're gonna have. We're not. We're not intruding onto their lot or any of their property. No, 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 no. We're just trying. To be there to support everybody. New New Japan being there the night before. Kind of like a celebration. Our community outreach to, re, you know, touch base with the fans. You know, interact. And, of course, WrestleMania is there. We are throwing our party before WrestleMania. Before it even starts. We'll be done an hour before the, the event begins. And this, look, we've taken it a step further. We're giving you, the fans, buses. Bus services to take you to wrestlemania that's amazing yes what a great yeah i know what a good guy thing to do yes responsible so we don't have nobody has to drive Mm -hmm. while intoxicated sure only over 21 of course right and we have shuttle services Mm -hmm. you know no nobody has to walk i know we're close we're only like a block or two away but you don't have to walk We'll we'll take you over there
2: that's that's incredible and there's gonna be a, all the bullet club guys are gonna be there uh, this will be an open bar so everybody's gonna be drinking having a good time like you could literally you know get that that drunk selfie with uh, bad luck folly or something
3: like that is that what I'm is that what you're promoting here yes yeah yes everything you said and we're gonna have Jimmy's famous seafood catering okay all you can eat all you can eat Jimmy's seafood okay. And we're gonna have all kinds of games. We, I, I'm we're gonna have cornhole. We're gonna have, we're, we're looking at bringing in PlayStation with the Fire Pro Wrestling. I'm, I'm throwing, I'm trying to throw up some video games. Hmm. I mean, it's it's, 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 an all-around good time. That's what we're trying to, to show everybody that we can interact, we can have fun. You know, we're bringing in the Bullet Club New Japan guys that, that a lot of you guys haven't seen. Bone Soldier. Uh, we're bringing in, uh, sniper of the skies, Robbie Eagles. So we're just trying to show our face here in America and show, Hey, we're good guys. We're good wrestlers. We're here to have fun too. Let's have a good time together.
2: Cause that's what the NWO did. They showed up and they're like, hey, we are very nice people, right? We're here to just embrace <laughs> you and give you hugs. Maybe a box of chocolates Worked. It worked well. Worked, worked real well. Uh, now you you bring up how this is like you're you're wanting to reward the North American fan, the United States fans here. Very competitive time right now in the North American market for pro wrestling. I mean, do you see this as a way for Bullet Club in New Japan to to stand out and do something a little bit different than than what everybody else is doing in this space?
3: <clears throat> um. <sighs> I, I, I'm not even, I don't know. Nick, to be honest with you, I, it's just something that we, we're just doing just to have fun. I, I, I don't want to look at it as we're competing with anybody. There's enough there to go around for everybody. So, um, <laughs> plus, our hometown, our home turf is Japan. And that's what we worry about. That's, and we've got that unlocked We're just coming out, see what's going on, say hi to our neighbors. Enjoy a little nice block party barbecue. Jimmy's famous seafood. You know, perfect. Play some games. I, I, We're not here to compete with anybody. No. Sure, no, no, no.
2: Sure, sure. I respect that very nice gentleman, Tamatanga. But like you've told me, you're a Florida guy. You're freezing right now in Japan. I mean, do, do you wish New Japan toured regularly in North America? Do you know if that's something that they're, they're looking to do?
3: Oh, yes. I, I think with... With the LA dojo there and um, I, I think yeah we're, we're making a we're making ourselves seen but we're not this there's, there's a no invasion we're not competing we're just hey this is our product we're having we're just here just to show what we have I don't know. you know same thing we're doing here in, in Japan we work together with all the other companies and you know we share talents there's no problem.
2: You know, it's funny. Um, I was at the AEW rally in Jacksonville, which was just before mm-hmm. SmackDown was that night in Jacksonville, and uh, mm-hmm. was I chatted with your former Bullet Club brother and Cody there a bit at the end of that, and he sounded a lot like yeah. you. He sounded a lot like you. where it's like we're not trying to compete. We're just trying to be. We're just trying to be friendly right now. Do you feel like that's the attitude of the moment? Everybody's just. I mean, is this genuine, or are you just? Is it all a wink and a nod? <laughs>
3: i don't know i don't know what their intentions are you know i i know what mine is you know we're we're just having fun so okay i don't know i can't speak for him they're you know they're doing something great over there and wish them the best of luck but and we're doing our thing so
2: yeah okay just just wondering (laughs) i mean how has how has bullet club felt without the the elite i mean the bucks were there for a very long time with as well in, in bullet club i mean How has Bullet Club felt without those guys being around the past couple months?
3: Uh, I mean it's the same as before because they weren't really here much the time before. They they show up and I mean pretty much just on like you know, uh, not on an everyday basis like how you know me and my brother Fale. See, we're here on tour every tour. That's that's every month you know they they come in on like sporadics so i mean i don't know it's just it's the same as before i'm sorry to say okay you know the guys guys leave and we just fill the spot and and move forward I, that's all we can do is you know that's what we did the time before that and the time before that so it's we just grow and evolve
2: um, do you mind taking me back to when you found out that they were gonna be doing this crazy thing and starting a company and just kind of what your initial reaction was to to finding out that they were leaving to, to go to go do this
3: I we kind of we kind of knew from the we kinda knew for a while ever since the, um, the um, what's that the all in the first one mm-hmm. yeah I, I think we just kind of have an idea you just kind of know you know, We knew their contract was up and, and, you know, the Bucks are business guys. Cody's a smart guy. I think they like things more on their own terms. And so, I, I mean, it was, I, I saw it was the, the, the way they would do it. So maybe it was only me.
2: Did you, did you ever have any itch to, to go along for that ride with them? Was that ever a consideration for you?
3: No, no, no I'm, I'm I'm locked here in New Japan for a very long time <laughs>
2: Okay Just wondering, I mean, it's it's so intriguing The dynamic with, with you all I mean, how do you feel Bullet Club has ma- been able to keep it Like, so fresh I mean, with all the changing talent stuff It's very different than, like, you know I brought up NWO earlier, but they kind of, like, got boring and fizzled out Like, you guys have been able to consistently Find ways to, to stay relevant
3: Uh I'm... I don't know, <laughs> you know the the I, I I see there's two, you know um, common denominators here in all eras of of Bullet Club, and that's Fala and I, and Fala is more like Fale is like the we they call us the heart and soul of Bullet Club. We you know keep it alive, keep it pumping, bring in guys that the club needs and unselfishly step aside, you know, to make this whole thing work.
2: Interesting. Yeah. And you talk about, you know, how people come in and go and and all of that. Obviously Jay White is now the leader of Bullet Club. Uh, Kind of Mm -hmm. a a little bit of a controversial decision, at least among, you know, the circles I, uh, I talk to, you know, some people love it. Some people say way too early, way too young. Like how, how did you, how did you zero in on Jay White as the guy to lead the ship?
3: I mean, you know, those same people, the same people who said that Okada was way too early, way too young when he came in and challenged uh, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi straight off when he left America territory. I mean, you you know, everybody you put somebody in the position and you get them ready for it. And they will grow to that responsibility. That's that's how new Japan is yeah you
2: know. yeah uh, I, I was gonna say uh, what, what advice have you been giving to him I mean obviously this is a huge responsibility you know that he's taking on right now
3: do you man do you <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry about anybody else's opinion do you yeah uh, how is
2: he how is he handling the pressure
3: of it all oh oh like like it's nothing. There's just another day at the job for him. He's a natural. The guy's a natural. You know, we've known Jay for a very long time. Prince David was the one who recommended him to come out here to New Japan. And then Fala was the one who brought him in. So, I mean, he's also a Kiwi New Zealander. So, I mean, he fit right into the mold.
2: Well, I, I just, I, I'm fascinated by Jay because you are, you're so much fun. I love your social media presence. And you're obviously very candid. You don't mind speaking your mind. I, I kind of view you in some ways as the actual leader of Bullet Club. Do you think that that's a, a a not the right way of looking at it?
3: Ah, uh, I'm a good support system. There you go. Okay. You got to know your strengths, and I was I would like to think of myself as a pillar that holds this all up.
2: Okay. Uh, is there is there any talent that you've got your sights on? Uh, like you say, you and Folly are always looking at people to bring right people in. Is there anybody else right now that's on your radar
3: that has, has caught your eye? Uh, there's, there's a lot of talent, especially the ones that are making the splash out there on, um, on the news. Guys that wanting to leave certain, um, you know, uh, companies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who's that? Yeah. Uh, the revival, that's those guys definitely um, peaked in interest. I think they're very great workers, and uh, uh, you know, we've always watch their stuff. Um, but that's uh, pretty much the only ones. In, I mean, on on that type of stage right now that I see that, that I might be looking at at uh, leaving. But um, yeah, there's a lot of like indie promotions we look at, especially in Australia and England right now. We're taking a look, a look but. I mean, pretty much that's on the wraps for now.
2: I gotcha. It's interesting you bring up the revival. I, I did want to know, like, what do you, because you obviously are you're so happy in New Japan. Like, you're very committed. You love New Japan. But if there are a lot of stories coming out right now about guys that seem to be wanting to leave WWE or go elsewhere. I mean, what do you make of, of the stories about that and the kind of general tone around WWE at the moment?
3: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think the market uh, is a good time for for guys to grab work elsewhere. That you can get uh, more eyes on you. Maybe it's a very competitive market, like you said before. Sure. So guys are um, maybe thinking that there's uh, you know greener pastures out there. So there's options. You have options. So you know it makes people makes wrestlers think. You know, hey. If I'm not being utilized here, maybe I can go out there and be utilized somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah, this is a very unique time. Have you ever seen another time in, in wrestling uh, as, as you've been a wrestler that's like right now?
3: Uh, well, Nick, I'm, I've only been a wrestler for. <laughs> Ten years. Yeah. So I, that's not that's not a lot of time. Um, yeah. The time I came in, wrestling was real bad. But
2: yeah. Um, I guess that's what I'm getting at is it's so. I mean, it is like you know the time that you've been in wrestling for. It's been on like almost a consistent upswing. You know, in the last decade to the point that it is right mm-hmm. now. I mean, how mm-hmm. does that feel to be inside of that? I mean, obviously, like you say, people are taking offers they know there's options there's all these chips on the table i mean what conversation i mean you're pot committed to new japan but i mean how does that feel to be inside that
3: uh that's great i, I mean uh, it's cool okay i gotta I got think what was it In the 90s was like that right yeah 90s was like that and
2: then i mean uh, it's cool well and it's it's uh, you know and, and with all the nwo bullet club comparisons i mean now that we're back in this kind of 90s period. I feel like Bullet Club is poised here to take a bit of center stage again. I mean, you guys are kind of the uh, the gatekeepers of talent that really seems to c- explode. Everybody goes through, you know, Bullet Club that's become of, of note here, I feel, on the big stages in the past couple of years.
3: I feel that, too. I feel that, too. Um, I just, I think it speaks for, you know, not only the club, but for New Japan. Guys that come through New Japan, so um, that that speaks high volume for that for the, our company.
2: Yeah, you've had some interesting tweets and things making reference to Finn Balor and AJ Styles. Like, uh, you know, what, what should we make of that? You just playing around? You trying to send messages <laughs> to your friends? Like, what are you
3: what are you what are you doing with this stuff? What I I sent messages to them. I sent messages to Carl Doc Gallows. Those are our friends. Those are our brothers. We you know. We see what they're doing, and we wish them well, always. Do you wish we'll they'd come back? Always love there
2: Yeah, do you wish they'd come back? Would you welcome them back with open arms?
3: Oh, yeah, with a heartbeat. Hmm. In a heartbeat. Hmm. Yeah, those are brothers, of course. Hmm. You know, I think everybody knows that. You come to bullet club, you know, they, they left on good terms with us. We're brothers. Okay.
2: Yeah. It's uh. Are you surprised that they haven't been paired together more in WWE? Everybody talks about that. Why like why are these guys not like AJ Finn and the Club all
3: together? Uh, I don't know. I I don't know. I I think may I really don't know. <laughs> Maybe they don't want the you know them trying it a couple times with the Club thing. Did did it go over well? I wasn't paying attention at that time, but yeah. maybe you know more than me. No, did it go over well?
2: They've never really pulled the trigger on it, you know. Like they they've done yeah. little teases, like Finn and AJ in the club. You know, they're a little too sweet backstage or something every now and then. But as far as like yeah. the full on like you know Bullet Club, you know beatdown style, like you know giving the attitude yeah. and vibe of Bullet Club, I, they haven't gone that far with it. You know.
3: Uh, okay. Um. Maybe they they don't want to go back to something that's already done before, uh, especially somewhere else. I, I, that's what my guess would be. You know, they, from my understanding, they like to do things on their own. Uh, WWE with storylines and all that. I I don't know. <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> it's gotta be.
2: It's gotta be. A, it's like what five years? You said but five years. Of Bullet Club? There's gotta be a little bit. of – I feel like in the past five years, there's been like a little bit of weirdness between y'all and and them at some point, just over just the sheer popularity of you guys and your ability to transition over into the north american market
3: uh i, I really don't i don't know that part because i'm stuck here in japan and i'm kind of like my my own bubble out here so i don't know what's going on with them over there for
2: sure well i'll change it up here a little bit um uh there's a new president at new japan harold mage uh what uh-huh. what do you think of him what's your relationship been like with the new president
3: uh, from my understanding, he's brought he was brought in to to help us uh, expand, and I think he's you know he's working hard towards that. And I mean, I I, I want us to expand, so I'm on the same boat. Okay. Anybody's trying to help the company expand and, and do better for us, that's that's best for business for us.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and what uh what differences have you noticed? You know, under the new
3: management. Um, might be a little too soon to to notice a a whole big difference, you know. Um, I think it takes a little time to to see the changes really taking effect. So, but it's it's happening. So, but I just don't see the whole huge difference yet. Okay. Ask me in another year. Okay. <laughs>
2: For sure we'll do uh, How's your dad Haku doing? I haven't seen him around in a little while what's a, what's why why is he not out there throwing thumbs and things right now?
3: Uh, he just he was just an island for a very long vacation down in Tonga so hes just you know he wants to slow it down he, he's looking at retirement He's you know, he's getting he's getting older so he's he's trying to slow it down and enjoy more life. He's not trying to work beat up people and bite people's nose off, so, you know. What's
2: the, craziest, What's the craziest story you've ever heard about your dad that you're like, there's no way that's true?
3: Uh, I grew up with a man, so okay. I believe all of it is true. <laughs> okay, then I'll flip
2: it. I'll flip it then. What is a story about your dad that you think is, is really cool that maybe a lot of people don't know? Because your dad, you've got to know, your dad's like a mythical figure in, like, many wrestling circles and things, the stories that come along with him? Uh,
3: It's to hear all these stories. But knowing him, he's, he's the most kind and gentle man I know. All right, cool. That's...
2: That's that's it. You'll just be, you'll just leave it at that. You don't want to share a story. He's like, yeah. yeah, you know, I got bullied as a kid. My dad showed up, threw the kid through a wall or something like that.
3: <laughs> Nothing like that. No. Okay. All right. <laughs>
2: just wondering. Um, you, uh, I have uh, one of our contributors here, Kelsey, who was actually uh, at the the last Long Beach show in, Nor- in uh, for New Japan. She wanted me to ask you why you sway to the ring and how did you start? Why would why why do you sway like that?
3: because <laughs> I, I don't know I just this the way I, I do think that's just I like to sway I like to walk with style. I think it's boring when somebody just walks straight forward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I think every every step of, of you to the ring and you in the ring and then back out outside the ring and back into the dressing room is style when all eyes on you I don't want to be boring
2: for sure. Yeah, uh, and you obviously you want to stand out. I mean, do you see yourself now that you're not never open weight six man champion? I hate to bring that up again, but like, do you uh, do you see yourself moving more into the IWGP heavyweight title scenario, or do you have other tag titles on your mind? Like, where do you see yourself going in, in
3: 2019? Uh well, I, I'm in a tag team <laughs> called Gorillas of Destiny, so and we're gonna be going after. The tag team uh, IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championship belt. So, you know that's uh, I don't feel we were done justice with this three way at Wrestle Kingdom. I think that we need to go and go on a toe to toe.
2: You're so you'd like to. You, it's against uh, Lij. You'd like to. I mean, Billet Club Lij is one of my favorite uh, feuds right now in wrestling. Period. So,
3: yeah. Yeah, it will be, you know, against, you know, and uh, Sanada. Well, I don't think they're a proper tag team. I think they're two individuals put together. So I think we're going to, um, we need to go after that and expose them for, for what they are, a singles competitor. They are not a tag team.
2: Interesting. I thought it was very, Wrestle Kingdom, I thought it was interesting that the, the, the year was starting off with uh, New Japan seemingly just rallying so hard around Bullet Club and LIJ. Do you think we can expect to see a lot more of uh, the two entities touching gloves here in
3: 2019? I think that's a really good possibility, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh, with that note, on that note, there's a, a big stage coming up. Uh, New Japan and ROH have their big, uh, or y'all have your big Madison Square Garden Super Show, which you brought up earlier, the uh, the Bullet Club block party taking uh, place the next day. Uh, what mm-hmm. What would you like to see yourself doing at MSG? How do you feel about getting to go play the Garden?
3: Oh, man. That, well, it was a dream of mine to go wrestle there. So I, I just want to be a part of that that whole um, that legacy of, of Madison Square Garden. Everybody who's anybody has been through there. So I, I just want to be there and perform and, and, and give the people what they want.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's a really cool opportunity. I mean, do you have any personal favorite memories from Madison Square Garden? Any big matches
3: or moments? No, no, it's just when my dad, uh, the one that I, I remember the most is when my dad uh, body slammed Big John Studd, and I think that was at Madison Square Garden.
2: I, yeah, yeah. that's a cool memory, especially here in Royal Rumble season, to think about that.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh,
2: Let me see here. Uh, I have a question here Um, from Jesse Collins from, from Wrestling Inc. He wanted to know, who's been your favorite opponent in New Japan?
3: Um. Mm, ah. Uh, I I would whew, I think it would have to be Tanahashi. Mm. That's who's been uh Tanahashi as somebody to wrestle, um Tanahashi. Okay. But tag team wise uh I think one of our best views or best matches we ever had was with uh, um, Ishi and Yoshihashi. Uh,
2: yeah, uh, for sure. And uh, my last uh, my last subject here that I'm going to bring up as uh, I thank you for the time here today, Tama. Um, two nights mm-hmm. ago, uh, New Japan saw Kushida uh, lose his final match before he's leaving the con- uh, company. It sounds like he may wind up at NXT. Who knows? Uh, but I just didn't mm-hmm. know if you wanted to touch on. Um, you know, what Kushida brought to New Japan Pro Wrestling and, you know, what kind of a, uh, gap, I guess he's leaving there, um, with his exit.
3: Um, yeah, it's going to be a huge gap that, but I, I know, uh, we got guys to, uh, step up and fill that gap, but Kushida and I made a uh, a debut together the same day here in New Japan in 2010. Um for the best of the Super Juniors, and we always remember that. So I worked with him a lot for the first couple of years, and then when I went heel, uh, we shared a lot of memories going against each other. But he's just hes an all-around great dude. I think he's a good dude. He just, he just had his child um, last year, and so did I. And so I feel like uh, his story and my story kind of intertwined here and there is nice and unique but he's been great for the company he held the uh the uh junior division very very tight and held it up very high um set you know set standards for everybody to come up to so um i mean that's you know he's he's gonna be really missed out here he's actually he's a good friend of mine and He's gonna be really missed, but since I live in Florida, if that's where he's going, I'll see him over there.
2: <laughs> well, it's a, it's interesting because you know we've talked about a bunch of names and you've kind of been pretty blasé about oh Cody Kavox, you know, coming. They came, they went, whatever. But with Kushida, I can hear in your voice like you're genuinely gonna miss this guy. I mean, were you surprised to hear that he had made the deci- the decision to depart the company?
3: Um, yeah, my first initial reaction was I, I was surprised, but. I wasn't at the same time because we we had an understanding from the beginning that you know we always want to grow that you know keep going you know just do it that was that was a, a memory we shared I said to him one time just do it man if you gonna get abs just do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so when uh, when he told me about when he told me about this um you know I was I was really happy for him and but he he was sad because he felt he was leaving me something great behind and I was like look you know just do it just do it man just go have grow and we'll always, you know new japan will always be here and that's that's what i give new japan is their loyalty for for those that that you know that have put a lot of sacrifice of themselves for the company you know so thank you and we'll always be here when you want to come back
2: there was, I think it was Meltzer reported that uh, Kushida was looking to maybe turn heel and join Bullet Club. Do you uh, want to comment on that? Was there any talk of Kushida joining you in the the Black and White?
3: Uh <laughs> no, that ain't true. Kushida said that he put it on his podcast. That wasn't true. So. Okay. I guess it wasn't true. Okay,
2: just wondering. I didn't hear that. My ba- my bad. Mm-hmm. I should have I should have done better mm-hmm. journalism before I showed up here today. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, it it's such a you know it's it's so interesting to think about him if he does go to NXT because WWE really hasn't had the best track record other than like you know AJ and Finn who were different cases I think in some way. But they haven't had the best track record of transitioning New Japan talent over to their roster. Do you worry at all about how he'll fare in that landscape?
3: Uh no no I I think uh, Kushida is a very talented individual. That I mean he's you know he he went and started in Mexico. <laughs> a Japanese went and started in Mexico, and then came up in Mexico and then transitioned here to Japan, and then transitioned into New Japan, and now he'll transition into America. He's a very talented individual, and he overcomes. Oh, um all challenges so i think you'll do very very well out there all right
2: cool yeah uh, hey tom i want to thank you so much for the time i will be at the bullet club block party so i'll get to see you i will i will take that dumb drunk selfie with you where i've had (laughs) all right too many (laughs) sounds good too many beers is there anything else you want to leave you know i I know we're here like i asked you about a bunch of other stuff because i know i have uh, i asked around i was like guys i've got tom what do you want to hear? What do you want me to ask him? So I literally, I squeezed out, I think, as much as I as I could have asked you outside of, you know, a couple other things. Maybe we'll save for another day.
3: But uh, what do you? Oh, oh, good, Nick. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, no, man. Hey, I'm just happy to come in, give you a little uh, insight on what's on my mind, and uh, hey, just everybody, Black Party in New Jersey, April seventh, right? Mm-hmm. Down at Reds Restaurant. Come on in. Come enjoy with the Bullet Club.
2: Thank you very much to Tama Tonga. Michael, I know we're recording this. You haven't yet listened to the Tama Tonga interview, but it's very good, and I'm glad. Oh, I
0: I was going to play it up like, oh, that was a great interview, Nick. That was really cool. Very insightful. Why
2: why lie to the people? Why (laughs) lie? Um, But yes, Michael, I'm glad that me, you, we got to share space this week with Tama. Thank you very much. Go check out the uh, Bullet Club Block Party info. Get yourself a ticket. Now, I promise everybody at the end of the show we were going to talk about halftime heat here, Michael. So let's let's get into it. I got in a little bit of trouble on Twitter because I said that it was very good. I thought the performers all did well, but it lacked a, a frenetic energy to me that I think would have grabbed a casual wrestling fan or non-wrestling fan because it just looked like a very good wrestling match to me. And if you're in a room with wrestling people, you're going to be like, what a great halftime heat. I was at a party. I threw it on. There were a couple non-wrestling people in the room, and they're like, eh. It just felt like that. It felt like more wrestling to them. I guess maybe, like, I don't want to say you need to do the empty arena match, like some kind of huge spectacle, but a quick start, you know, something that makes it feel different than just a traditional bout. That was my only minor critique. Other than that, of course, the wrestling was great. These guys are all phenomenal performers.
0: I think, I think what you got caught out for was you said it lacked frenetic energy, and that match was super fast-paced. It felt like we got a bunch of these guys together and said, hey, let's have a big, quick indie match in 20 minutes or less, and that's what they did, which is fine. My big issue with it was, I, I think you touched on this, when you said your non-wrestling fans didn't care. Wrestling fans ate it up. Yeah, it's NXT. Yeah, it's these guys going at it real fast, real furious, right? But what was the incentive there? Listen, this is your spotlight for WWE. This is the place where you are taking over the middle of the biggest game, the big game on Sunday, right? Biggest football game of the year. And you're going to try to get your message, your brand out there to the masses. And NXT was reflected on very positively during halftime heat. However, what was the incentive for a fan to tune in Wednesday night? What was the incentive for fans to care about these six guys going at one another? I know you didn't have a ton of time for all the storytelling. Maybe you should have simplified the roster. I think they wanted to get as much big name and big talent out there as they could, But I think what they lost by proxy was a reason for casuals or non-NXT fans to care about what happened at halftime. The reason the empty arena match worked was because it was a WWF championship match between two huge names. You didn't have that
2: here. No stakes. And it looked different, right? If you're just a non-wrestling fan, you turn it over and you see Mick Foley rolling down a flight of stairs. You're like, what the F is going on here right right now? You know, that's why I say just something. And again, maybe we're looking at this wrong, right? Because maybe the point here was not to grab casual wrestling fans. I mean, realistically here, Vince is gearing up for a war with the NFL, right? Maybe this was just try to get as many of our loyal fans to not watch the halftime and drive their ratings down. (laughs) You know, like it could just be that as well. Maybe the incentive here was not to sample the product. You know what I mean?
0: I, I guess, but you you still could have accomplished a little bit of all of this and, and still done what you did. I mean, you could have had a one-on-one match and had Ciampa run in or you, whatever else you could have done in Spotlight Multiple Talents, but still had some meat to it that, you know, tune in next week on uh, NXT to find out how this is resolved or whatever.
2: Yeah, so sim- yeah. similar complaints on my end. Maybe you could have just done more with the time. Obviously, very good wrestling match. This is a, a yes. display of some of the, the up-and-coming future talent, uh, top-name talent at WWE. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think they could have just accomplished a little bit more with this platform. Also, Petey Williams took issue with the fact that they called his Canadian destroyer the Panama Sunrise on uh, commentary. And I guess that he has named this uh, – the move is in uh, legacy to uh, – or in, in memory of a, a Canadian – a great Canadian wrestler who off the top of my head I didn't write down. But he doesn't want that name changed.
0: Whatever. I mean, I, I get it. <laughs> I, I, I'm a wrestling historian. But, get, get over know, at a certain point, WWE is going to rebrand everything. So, whatever. <sighs>
2: Okay, well, he, <laughs> made, he made his piece. We've made our piece here. Guys, this is a fun Winkley. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, tomorrow, we will be back. Or I will be back. I will be joined by Justin Labar. Uh, we will have Jeff Jarrett as my interview for tomorrow. Huge interview. I did this ju- I did this interview with Jeff just before the match with Elias was announced on Raw. Uh, it's great to hear him talk about that, but also, again, it's great to hear him talk about, you know, what else he's doing. Uh, you know, what he feels like he brings to WWE right now. And, um... Uh you know, he was one of the producers at Starcast and I was Tony Clifton's handler, uh, who was, you know, friends with Andy Kaufman and it got a little got a little weird um at the Starcast event. So I apologize to him, but unfortunately, you know, Tony's been touring in the area and he sleeps on my couch sometimes. So Tony Clifton crashes the Jeff Jarrett interview tomorrow. It's all in there, so you know. Jarrett looked good last night, didn't he? Dude, I was impressed, man. I... He, he, he turned me down for an interview back at
0: WrestleCade, so i hold that against him. But he looked good on Raw, so whatever. No. Good. All comes out in the wash.
2: Yeah, I guess I, I thought he looked great. I definitely would like to see him do more. What do you think? What would you like to see Double J do here in WWE?
0: I'd like to see him, you know, I think he could... I like this spot for him. I don't think he needs to be paired with Road Dogg, but I think you can kind of have some fun with him being a legend and going around and, and wrestling some younger talent. I think it's mm-hmm. a good spot for him. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good spot for this talent. I don't know that he needs to have these epic matches with everybody he faces, but he can give a rub to some young guys, and, and you can have some fun feuds here with somebody trying to take over the you know, the legend here. I mean, cool.
2: You kind of like the way they use Kurt Angle a little bit?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Kind of weird that him and Kurt Angle are in that role, right, equally at the same time. <laughs> Is They're it? going to
0: be attacking him here in a couple weeks. Just give it some time. I'm give thinking time.
2: this. I'm thinking the same thing. How long until they put Kurt and Jeff together? And somebody informs Vince of their history together. Vince, I don't know if Vince would even know. He's like, wait, what? Yeah. Oh my God! There's so much there.
0: Do you think they they pair them up with EC3? We have a little, you know.
2: <laughs> Dixie comes out. Oh. Yeah, who was it? Who was it that AJ he cheated on Chelsea Green or no? It wasn't Chelsea Green? What was the name of that woman? I forget. Oh
0: yeah, the baby, oh, that's right. That was a
2: bizarre storyline. Oh, yeah, bring it all back. Why why just hire the Impact crew when you could also take their storylines with you, you know? Uh, I have a, I also want to confirm I teased it last week, but the Two-Faced uh, podcast here for Wrestling Inc. Audio, they're doing great work, and they have announced a pre-WWE Elimination Chamber meetup. It's going to be uh, sponsored with Wrestling Inc., and it's going to be at the St. Arnold's Brewery. I'm a big craft beer guy. I'm very excited about this. The event starts at 2.30. The podcast they're going to do live before the show starts at 3. There's going to be games, prizes, and Beer, so go to this. I think it's great. Uh, props to you uh, guys at Two Face Podcast for putting that together, Kelsey. Yes, wonderful. Uh, also, again, Joey G. He'll be at the AEW Rally on Thursday in Las Vegas. And uh, I want to remind everybody tonight after SmackDown Live on the YouTube channel, we're gonna have a live post SmackDown discussion going with Raj, Glenn, and Matt. Of course, if you're listening right now, that means you found us on audio only. The new the new Winkley Tuesday through Thursday audio only crisper audio quicker release i'm very excited about this subscribe to wrestling Inc. audio tell a friend telephone tell a neighbor i don't know tell a wrestler i think that's what they say just um, don't
0: tell youtube because we're not there right now so yeah
2: yeah um but uh how about you uh where do you want to send people to find you michael you can always
0: follow me i'm on twitter at the real Wiseman. best way to keep up with my work if you um if you like instagram i'm on instagram at um at wiseman ma and um elsewhere if you live in winston uh hit me up we'll have a beer
2: All right, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. I look forward to the show tomorrow. I am at Wink Rebel on Twitter. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.
0: This is the story of The Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently